This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Welcome to Rico Bronia. lot to discuss. Shohei Otani is an L.A. Dodger. Jorge Lopez is a New York Met. We all wait on the Yamamoto decision, and we come up with plans on what if he doesn't choose the New York Mets. But let me start off with Shohei Otani. And I feel like I have to preface this with a lot of warnings before I say how I truly feel about what happened with Shohei on Saturday when we all got the news that he was signing that mega contract with the L.A. Dodgers. I am really happy that Steve Cohen owns the New York Mets. Even if this offseason doesn't go the way we hope or expect, I'm thrilled that a billionaire owns this team. I am thrilled that he has shown, and in the few years that he's been here, a willingness to spend, some of which has not worked out. A lot of which has not worked out. He has spent long-term trading and re-signing Francisco Lindor. He has spent short-term signing Justin Verlander, signing Max Scherzer, and then showing a commitment to then spend even more to pay off the bad contracts of Scherzer and Verlander and turn that into prospects. And I appreciate that. So I am not going to go on a diatribe that Steve Cohen sucks or I miss the Wilpons or anything as ignorant as that. With that out of the way, I want you to hear me out on this. The caricature that we created of Steve Cohen of this free-wielding billionaire who doesn't give an F, and he's going to buy whatever star is in his way, and nothing will stop him. That caricature that we built, that I helped kind of art over the last few years, I admit I'm a part of it, that caricature is dead. It really is. Because what I heard after Otani signed with the Dodgers was Steve Cohen immediately say publicly, I guess it was to Mike Puma, You know, the agent didn't even reach out to me. Huh. I guess that shows you how much interest Otani had in New York, huh? So I think we all believed that story that Otani didn't want to come here. And that's why most of us were not really, really, really thinking it was going to happen. It was a small part of us hoping, hey, maybe the billionaire is going to swoop it and make an offer he couldn't refuse. But that's the key. That's what we thought, some of us thought, deep down Hey, even if this guy doesn't want to be here, the billionaire owner is going to at least make an attempt. The billionaire owner is still going to lay it all on the table and make it very difficult to say no. 
That's the vision I had of Steve Cohen. That's the vision a lot of us had of Steve Cohen. And again, you're going to hear this and say, oh, look, Evan's turning on Steve Cohen. Evan hates Steve Cohen. Evan's an idiot. No, no, hold on a second. I love Steve Cohen. I still am thrilled he owns this team. There are going to be free agents he gets. There are going to be big contracts he hands out. And maybe this is our own fault. But we created this vision of this billionaire that was going to bully baseball around and get exactly what he wanted. And when the biggest free agent in the history of the sport became available, what happened? Here's what happened. I hear excuses. I hear, oh, can you believe it? The agent didn't even reach out. How about this? How about you call the agent? How about you call Shohei Otani? How about you just make a monster, monster offer and let Shohei Otani say no? And that's how I felt over the last few weeks and months going into this, and I had said it numerous times. Just make him a monster offer. Make him the biggest offer. And when he says no, how can we complain? How can we rip the owner? How can we rip the Mets? The guy just didn't want to be here. They didn't make an offer. Two stories have come out over the last few days around the Mets interest in Shohei Otani. One's an excuse, which is Steve Cohen saying, I can't believe the agent didn't even reach out, as if that's disqualifying. I get it. Otani didn't want to be here. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing, make a phone call. (laughs) What is this? Like, after a first date, you can't call her? She has to call you or vice versa? Like, what the hell is this? Call the agent and say, hey, by the way, We hear through the grapevine that Shohei doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to come to New York. I'm prepared to make that very difficult for him to say out loud. That's all. That's all. And I'm not even arguing the baseball side of things, which would be, because I know there are a lot of people thinking this, which is, but Evan, you wanted to give this guy $800 million? That's not even my point. It's if this was the billionaire we envisioned, If this was the caricature we've created over the last few years, his beautiful, sexy money, he's the king, he does this, he gets what he wants, he didn't make an offer for the best player in baseball. The second excuse we heard was the Mets were interested, but this got too pricey. Well, look, if you're making the decision... We don't think it's worth it. I understand that. I mean, you're going to pay a guy $70 million a season, though a lot of it's deferred, but essentially you're going to give a guy $70 million a season and you don't know if he can do both. $70 million a season, if he is doing both at a high level, is worth it because that's $35 million as a pitcher, $35 million as a hitter seems fair to me. <laughs> but if he doesn't do both, you're just paying $70 million for a guy to DH. I get it. It's a lot of money. It's an overpay. But again, out of their price range. I thought we were past that. I didn't think we were ever going to hear that again. I'm not devastated the Mets didn't get Shohei Otani, and I fully understand the risks that were involved in signing him and the risks that the L.A. Dodgers are taking in signing him. But the vision we created of this owner, it doesn't exist. You know what he is? And this is not a bad thing. He's a billionaire who will spend a lot of money on payroll. That's what he is, and that's great. But he's not what we thought. Come on, a year ago. Think about this, Met fans, if we're being intellectually honest with ourselves and not just changing the story because we want to feel better. A year ago, don't you think we would have thought Steve Cohen would have made a monster bid for Shohei Otani? 
six months ago. Don't you think we thought they were going to make a monster bid for Shohei Otani? And by the way, when we were guessing how much he was going to make a few weeks and months ago, we weren't even that far off in terms of what he got. So to act like, oh, $700 million is way too much, are we surprised? Look, I've made this prediction about Juan Soto, who's going to get to free agency next year. I think he's going to get close to $600 million. I don't think he's going to match Otani 700, though Scott Boris will try. I think he's going to get $600 million. So let's not act aghast a year from now when that happens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we really that surprised that Otani got $70 million a year when you think about what he would be worth if he is doing both? And we're not even factoring in, and this is where the Dodgers win, lose, or draw will make out really well on this deal. This is not squarely a baseball move. I just described it as one. Hey, if he does both, $35 million a year seems like a bargain. He is a guy that's going to bring back so much money in advertising in ticket sales, and jersey sales, everything that goes along with being in the business of Shohei Otani. And the Mets didn't try. They didn't try. Instead, we hear, boy, the agent didn't call. I'm sorry. And if that bothers you what I'm saying, I'm going to tell you, that's how I really felt when I heard the news on Saturday. Because when he picked L.A. and that news came out, my follow-up was, okay, I want to know what the Mets did. I want to know, was there an offer? How much was it? I was waiting to hear, yeah, the Mets offered him $710 million. But Shohei wanted to be in Southern California. Instead, we get Steve Cohen releasing a quote that he's stunned that the agent didn't reach out. And then we get, yeah, it was out of the Mets price range. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. I was hoping for more. And maybe this is a case of this is my fault and this is all of our faults for expecting this caricature of an owner that we created in our head. So no Shohei Otani. By the way, just quick baseball aside on the Dodgers. And if I'm a Dodger fan, sure, I'd be very excited. I just added Shohei Otani. Think about that roster right now. Think about that lineup right now. The three guys that jump out at you in that lineup are two MVP candidates every single season. Freddie Freeman, who had a very good season last year. And of course, Mookie Betts, who also had a great season last year. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And now Shohei Otani. Where's the core that they built with their farm system? I mean, this is just literally going out and buying people. And that's okay. I'm not complaining about it. It's just an observation on what they're doing. Their other really good hitter last year, J.D. Martinez, is probably gone. So they get an upgrade going from J.D. Martinez to Shohei Otani. But J.D. did hit 33 home runs, driving 100 runs last year. The Otani pitching thing, and I would have felt the same way if he came to the Mets. It's not something I can think about this season. When we're breaking down 2025, sure, that's a big factor. But in 2024, he's not a pitcher. So what I see is that the Dodgers added this superstar, this great offensive player. And I'm not going to say he isn't an upgrade over J.D. He is. But when you look at what J.D. produced last year, it's not as if they're replacing Daniel Vogelback with Shohei Otani. And what's really going to determine how we feel about the Dodgers is what they do pitching-wise. Because 
Julio Urias isn't going to pitch, and he wasn't any good last year, but he's certainly not going to pitch. There will be a suspension coming. Who knows about the future of Clayton Kershaw? Bobby Miller was really their only consistent starter last year. Tony Gonsolin's never healthy and didn't pitch well last year. They don't exactly have this deep rotation. That's the biggest thing they needed to address. And it's funny, I sound so hypercritical of a team that won 100 games last year, but I guess for them it was a bad year. But I look at the Dodgers, and you know, good for them adding Otani. They're not this unbeatable juggernaut. They have a lot of flaws. Are they better than the Mets? Yes. I wasn't bringing this up as a comparison. It was just more a general baseball observation on where they appear to be right now. But congrats to the Dodgers. They get Shohei Otani, and we learn a lesson about our great owner, Steve Cohen. Item number two, and we got a lot of emails to get to, including many on the pivot, the potential pivot, if the Mets don't land Yoshinabu Yamamoto. Francisco Alvarez, according to Tim Healy, is interested in a long-term deal. Really on the heels of so many other younger players getting long-term deals, including Churios in Milwaukee. I'd love it. I think it'd be great. This is not something we've seen this franchise do in a while. And it's something that when you're a small market team, it kind of matters more. Now, granted, if the Mets bought out Pete Alonso a few years ago, we wouldn't be talking about his impending free agency. So even as a big market team, there's a benefit to it. But it really benefits the smaller market team more. I think it's a risk worth taking when you're the player and you're the team. If you're the player, you're guaranteeing yourself a hell of a lot of money. And if you're the player, you're taking a gamble on a young player that you believe in. So the problem with this story so far is that it's a one-way street. Tim Healy reports Francisco Alvarez is interested in extension. Great. Are the Mets interested in an extension? And a thought about Francisco Alvarez, especially as we kind of get more focus on what this offseason is going to look like. And really, we don't have that much clarity on what this offseason is going to look like because most of the moves have been on the margins. They did add Luis Severino. Who knows what kind of bat they're going to add to this lineup. And this was an offense that a year ago, while it may not have been their biggest issue, and I argued that all year long, it certainly wasn't a strength. It's not like they had some juggernaut offense and it was the pitching that derailed their season. I say this because here in December, I think Francisco Alvarez in a lot of ways is going to be the key to success in 2024. Because I think we know what Brandon Nimmo is. I think we know what Francisco Lindor is. I think we know what Pete Alonso is. And they're good. But the question is, is there anybody else in this lineup that can step up and join that core as an everyday 25 to 35 home run, 800 OPS, drive in the big run bat. Now, Jeff McNeil's a part of that, too. He is coming off a lousy season, and I'd put him a part of that core as well, assuming he's on this team, and I think he will be. But Alvarez is the guy who showed the most promise last year. Alvarez is the guy who now, with a full year of major league experience, could explode. I mean, he could be that 40-home run bomb bat that protects Pete in this lineup. And if the Mets are going to have success in 24, and I warn you, we are unfortunately going to go into a season, whether they sign Yamamoto or not, and certainly maybe even more so with Yamamoto because we've never seen the guy pitch in the major leagues. Where hopefully he's going to be dominant and great. He's going to be paid like he's dominant and great. But the truth is, we don't know. The Mets are going to go into next year with a lot of ifs. If this happens, blank. If this happens, blank. And I think one of the biggest things that can make this season a success 
is Francisco Alvarez not just proving he's a good everyday player, but being a star, a beast. And I certainly think he has that potential.